June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 16 of the Audiobook Loving Series. Today, I am chatting with the narrator, Lee Samuels. Welcome, Lee, to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. I'm excited. Have you done a podcast interview before? I'm trying to remember. You know, I actually have not done a podcast interview before. This is, yeah, this is my first one. I've done a couple of live chat, one with Samantha Brentmore recently and did a solo one a few months prior. But yeah, this is my first podcast. So I'm 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 putty in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I do love popping a cherry. So and uh, been doing a lot of that lately. But I love I it. So I do love yeah, that. I, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> no, you being a romance narrator, nothing no. at all. No. <laughs> Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you got started? Yeah, I've been narrating for um, about ten years, and I got into audiobooks in a pretty like sideways manner. It wasn't, I, th- I think, you know, listening to other interviews and podcasts with uh, my fellow narrators, it, it seems to be a pretty common story that, you know, how they got into it was a little bit surprising. And in my case, it was a roommate of mine who was working at um, a very established audiobook production house in New York her friends, two of her friends were starting their own studio, Brickshop Audio. And um, at the time, they could not, they were just looking for male talent. And she, you know, my roommate who I grew up with, uh, I also had grown up with her, um, you know, she'd always sort of encouraged me to maybe try, try to audition for something. But all of a sudden, there was an opportunity. And she was very kind to take me into the professional studio that she worked in and work with me on, I think I did three auditions that day. And um, yeah, so, you know, that was my first time ever doing it. She submitted those auditions to her friends. I didn't get any of those books, but then now I was on their list. And so they would have me come in and fairly quickly, I was cast in my first book, which was not a romance. And this was under... Uh, this was not a Lee Samuels book. It was under a different name. And uh, yeah, it was sort of like uh, kind of fits and starts, at, you know, in the beginning. And I'd, I'd, I'd audition, you know, audition fairly regularly and get a few books here and there. There was, you know, I heard I heard Carly Robbins talking about this. I think she had a she came into it. She must have come into audiobooks at the same time because Audible slash Amazon, they were just buying up the rights to tons and tons of books. And I think probably from that corporate side, they almost didn't care you know, who, who was doing it, who was recording it. They just needed to get all this stuff. They just wanted it. They just wanted the content. And um, I definitely benefited from that in the early days. I got to do a lot of nonfiction books and um, literary fiction, uh, just a lot of different stuff. And then, you know, more important for uh for uh you know the lee samuels career uh you know i started 
getting, you know, some romance auditions. And the first book I did was very spicy. And yeah, it was, I think that, that, uh, that, that conversation that a lot of narrators go through at some point happened with me of, you know, I guess I need it. I might need a romance pseudonym. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's where Lee Samuels was born. And, uh, you know, I, I, fairly quickly, I just became, you know, it worked like I, I, whatever it was with romance just worked well with my voice. And, uh, I don't know exactly how long after I'd started that first book it was, but I did a, a number of books, um, with Sawyer Bennett. Those were great. Um, I think that got my name out there quite a bit, a bunch of Brenda, Brenda Rother books, but it, it was sort of, uh, you know, I would probably do like eight to 12 books a year. And then that went up to more like 20 books a year uh, a few years ago. And then, you know, more recently, the past two years have easily been my best, my best years as far as work. Like I'm definitely doing more books than I've ever done before, but, but yeah, that's how I got started. So I have my roommate to thank, (laughs) to thank for it. (laughs) And it was sort of like, once I got my foot in the door, then it was just a question of, of getting more experience and getting more auditions out there and getting my name out there. Are you doing this now full time? It's not quite full time, but it's pretty close. That's another thing. I've always done different forms of work, you know, and pretty, pretty, for the most part, I've been a freelance kind of guy, which has worked well with audiobooks. And then, at, but at some point, it was, I think, around 2016, 2017, I'd, I'd gotten a full time job. And then I actually said, I, I actually quit. I quit audiobooks or. Mm-hmm. I thought I did um, <laughs> <laughs> because it just wasn't, you know, it just like wasn't going to work with the schedule anymore. So I, I, I told the producers I worked with, I told Audible, I'm in Brickshop. I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. And then I would, but I would still get, I would still get requests from authors or Audible would, would ask me if I was available for something. So I would, I ended up still like keeping one toe in the, uh, in the audiobook world. So I kind of kept things alive, but then <laughs> there's a reason why I've, I like am a freelance guy and I haven't had full, you know, I've never been like a full-time job kind of person because I just like cannot ha- handle having a boss pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up starting my own freelance side business doing like digital, digital marketing work. And that was great because once I did that I was in total control of my schedule again. So then I went back and started picking up more books. And then the, you know, the other big thing that happened for me was covid and lockdown because i didn't have a home studio until then i mean that forced me and a lot of narrators to figure figure that out so once i had that then all of a sudden all these other producers could cast me whereas before i was really tied to you know a couple of studios in new york whether or not i'd be able to like you know go see them or get hooked up with another independent studio. So that's really helped a lot. Yeah, it's amazing how you start off a career in one way and then it just shifts. And with audiobooks, it's just completely like trajectory wise, it's it's going up, but it's like, whoosh, you know, and yeah. especially with since COVID and how it's kind of like made us listen more just and then also for you guys, the work has just shifted too, because like you were saying, you know, went going for a lot of people using just the uh, studios and renting that that space out to like, ooh, I, I think I have an extra closet somewhere. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I mean, my my apartment in Brooklyn forever. I was uh, I was just like, well, it's not possible. I don't. We don't have the space. I don't have the space for it here. And 
you know, I looked at the closets or I thought I looked at all my closets and, and that it wasn't possible. But then <laughs> something, something about lockdown or when you actually need it, I think maybe changes your, uh, your vision because then I, I looked again and there was this one closet, which was in our bedroom <laughs> that had like <laughs> right within like an inch or an inch and a half had just enough width for a chair. And then I found this table that I cut down. I cut down, cut it on one side so that it would fit in the closet. And I was just surrounded by, you know, my clothes, my clothes and my wife's clothing. That was my soundproofing. And, you know, it was disgusting, but I made it work. And I was always so terrified of uh, after I would submit books that producers would c come back to me and be like, what is what are you doing? <laughs> Where are is, you? <laughs> yeah, where are you? What's with all the? I can hear the sirens outside your house, and I mean, I was, uh, it was, I was very vulnerable to um, the sounds of New York City and like j just uh, my neighbors and whatever. It was kind of a nightmare. Yeah, you know, like if you got to make it work, you make it work, despite having a heating pipe that would gargle, like start gargling every like two minutes. <laughs> during the winter so i would have to <sighs> stop it was crazy it was really crazy um it was kind of torturous but now i have a much better i have my own booth that i have in my office so now i'm like living the life as a narrator it's, it's much better <laughs> but yeah i mean i think that i mean what a crazy time but definitely for audiobooks i think a lot of people were just forced to figure it out or not you know if they could figure it out they they did and then I, I'm sure a lot of other people were were pushed in the other direction where maybe the work wasn't really possible to do anymore. Who knows? But it was definitely reassuring at the time, you know, to to know that this industry was not going to be negatively affected. <laughs> no, yeah, especially with more of us being at home. We're like, listen, unless you want us to go cuckoo for Cocoa Pops, we need something <laughs> to do and listen. And y'all yeah. are giving me audiobooks. And so, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And, and the community has grown exponentially since then, too, where there's people, I mean, there's, it, for me, it was shocking when I heard someone say, I didn't know that reading could be fun. And I'm going, oh, my God, my heart. Because uh, <laughs> as, as a reader, since as a toddler, you know, I knew this. And I'm like, oh, so sad. Like, who hurt you? How did you not know that reading could be fun? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And then also, too, the, you know, when people were trying to be busy and stuff, I'm like, have you tried audiobooks? They're like, wait, I can read, but listen. I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, I go, honestly, granted, if you're in the middle of cubicle world, like I used to be at uh, the day job, there were moments where, you know, you busted out laughing if you're listening to a rom-com and the line landed the right way. And you're like, right, there's right. no one around me and I'm laughing on my own. Hmm. People were going to get suspicious about something or think I'm cuckoo for Poco Pops or other things when you're in that <laughs> moment of a romance where you get steamy scenes and you're supposed to be working on an Excel, an Excel spreadsheet and you right. just stop and <laughs> you're going, oh shit, I have to stop, pause and then continue to work on that deadline because mm, adulting. Yeah, but, totally. Uh, yeah. But you've noticed, so you've noticed the community grow noticeably since COVID. Oh, absolutely. Just, uh, realizing that this was an existence and or that it was an option for them just to keep themselves sane and uh, mm -hmm. also looking for that community we used to be able to go out to barnes and nobles or bars right. and, and meet up with friends and go to the movies and, and now we were relegated to pjs and nights at home and the same person for almost two years you know with them <laughs> <laughs> that can be romantic 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, stop Can. breathing. Can. <laughs> <laughs> You're breathing too loudly. Go away. And so finding these communities where you can get online and say, oh, my God, did you listen to this book? Or did right, you, right. you find that about this narrative? I'm like, Lee who? Uh, <laughs> kidding. Um, kidding. I knew about you before that, but it was, I, I do find it. I love it. It's like when you're just kind of watching like people watching, but online and the listeners are going, oh my God, I just listened to my first fill in the blank narrator book. Yep. And they get so yep. excited and they're so like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Awesome. Yeah. And then you go like, oh, well, have you read this one? <laughs> right. And then that conversation goes. In the 10 years that you've been now doing this, how has your process changed from like prepping it, you know, from being cast to actually finalizing that final file? Yeah, I mean, it continues to change. And it's actually been, I don't, you know, I, I, maybe, maybe it's more in my head lately than in reality as far as how much it's changed. But it's definitely like it feels different and getting more books, getting dealing with higher volume has really put me in a position to reevaluate pretty much everything I'm doing, including certainly the prep. Early on, I think my prep wasn't <laughs> very, very strong at times, or I wasn't sure exactly what to do. And I hadn't learned any tricks. But over like, I mean, one of the one of the best tricks that someone, uh, another narrator shared with me was like, to just I mean, I didn't, it was as basic as like, if a character's name came up to search for it, to see what, you know, are they going to be a major character or a minor character? Just so you know, as you're starting to go through it, who you need to pay more attention to. Something else that I actually am not doing so much anymore, but I used to do but before I started my prep is I would just search voice. And for the most part, that pulls up key, key scenes of dialogue throughout the book. So again, you get like a kind of an early or, you know, a, a quick read of like where the major plot points are. Also, you'll get uh, a lot of the times you'll get actual notes on the voice of the characters, which, of course, is like the number one thing I'm looking for. But now it's more I, I'd say I'm I'm definitely more disciplined and also found a way of being a bit more relaxed about it, where, you know, I just take like every day, every work day, at least, you know, a nice chunk of, of a future book that I'm working on. And I'll just highlight, you know, kind of scan through it. You know, how quickly I can scan depends on the book and depends on how dense it is with stuff that I have to pay attention to. Like if a if I can see a plot is established, you know, you can just kind of scan through at a certain point because you are going to be also reading it again <laughs> when you're actually recording it. But I'll just highlight, you know, highlight new names, highlight any physical traits that are mentioned, which are also really important for developing the voice for those characters. And then, of course, any vocal notes and looking for accent <laughs> and making sure you, you don't you don't miss any of that stuff, which is the I mean, that is the nightmare. But then also something that I still feel like there's a blind spot in my brain on are like names like Ava, <laughs> where <laughs> you or like Eva. Is it Eva? Is it Ava? The other great fear is like, yeah, those those names that there's a part of your brain <laughs> while you're prepping and while you're narrating that is like, oh, yeah, there's no other option for this. And then three quarters of the way through, you're like, oh, shit, wait a minute. <laughs> mm -hmm. Am I sure? Is this actually the way it's supposed to be pronounced? And then you're like afraid to... <laughs> You're afraid to email anybody and ask. So I've gotten in, definitely gotten in situations in the past where I'm just sort of like 
stressed out for two weeks waiting for the retakes to come back like oh oh god yeah (laughs) is this all right that's that becomes the biggest nightmare but yeah prep has become i would say you know uh, like i said like doing more books has forced me to be more disciplined and come up with new processes and in a funny way the prep has yeah it's become less stressful because i'm just handling it in a better way Yeah. Are you finding now that because of audiobooks being more available and trending up that you're provided with some of that pronunciation when it comes down to names or locations versus having every book is hunting? Yeah, like every every book is different. And also it depends on, you know, different different producers have just have different sort of protocols with that. Some people you work with don't provide you with any notes. And then there are other producers that yeah, we'll go very, very detailed. I mean, it also depends on the authors because I think, you know, basically what happens is the the producers ask the authors in some cases for, for any notes. And then, you know, some authors will send over a chapter by chapter synopsis of the entire thing with an incredible amount of detail, including pronunciations and including character descriptions. And then, yeah, like I said, other times you have nothing. Um, so if, yeah, if I get those notes and I get the reference pronunciations, that's great, but I guess I don't expect any of it because everybody is really different and, Mm -hmm. and I, yeah, in my career starting out, like I'm used to not getting any notes, so Mm -hmm. it's sort of a bonus, but if any (laughs) producers are listening to thing i definitely appreciate it you know it's nice it's definitely nice well yeah. there, he's not getting anything from now on <laughs> right right yeah yeah oh he no. can handle it himself yeah yes he's right. got it he's got this no i think a lot of authors are now starting to be more involved in it and at least provide some of that information like he has mm-hmm. a russian accent because you don't want to go in there <laughs> chapter 35 yeah. find out that as she says and his and his sexy Russian accent, you're going, oh, right. Yeah, it's yeah. That's why um, you search for the word accent. Yeah. Because <laughs> that will come up. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's anything that explicit, you know, you definitely want to mention it. But I, I don't know. I think it's just a very particular thing, you know, author by author. And, and I try to think like, well, if I was an author, what would I be? I don't know. What kind of author would I be as far as providing more or less detail? I don't know. It just it just seems like everybody has their own their own comfort level. And a lot of times I have asked in the past, like, yeah, you know, email when it has been more sort of DIY almost where there are no notes given. And some producers would ask and actually make it a rule to reach out to the author. Like they'd give you the email and like you have to reach out to the author yourself. So in that case, yeah, you're asking the author directly for anything. And more often than not, they said nothing. They get, they would give me absolutely nothing back. So I'm like, OK, all right. <laughs> Nothing. You can't get mad if it becomes Eva instead of Ava. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but it's all good. I mean, you're, yeah, like I said, it's just every book is different. Every author is different. And regardless, like, you know, once you're actually narrating, it's just you in the book. So, mm-hmm. yeah, as long as you don't have a <laughs> heinously <laughs> inaccurate accent, <laughs> um, right? it all sort of works itself out. Yeah, I think we can be pretty forgiven when it comes down to some of those things because there are those options. And in my head, I may be saying Ava, you might be saying, you know, Evie, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh, but I think the issue becomes when you're changing those interchangeably through chapters or oh, you like, and like your co-narrator. I... Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what 
Yeah. Right. Right. That's what can happen. I don't, I don't think that's ever actually happened. Although I, I did read some reviews of a certain book once that <laughs> or some where a listener did complain of that with, you know, one of those kind of tricky names. And I was surprised to read that because I never heard anything. I was never like, I never heard back from anyone saying, Hey, this was messed up or this wasn't consistent. So, you know, there's another part of, there's sort of like a, um, you know, being a narrator is, I guess it's, it's as isolating as you want to make it because it's up to you to reach out to people and to connect with people and to sort of network in a more social way to get more feedback. But that just sort of reminds me of like, you know, sometimes you don't get a lot of feedback no, you and sometimes don't. you're, you're really not sure what's going on after you turn in a book. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. But it, also it, sometimes it can... the readers think they know what you're talking about and they really don't. So, <laughs> I mean, there's well, been two instances right. where one is a reference to accents and one was in, it was saying, oh my God, their Irish accent is so fake. It's so bad. And they were talking about a narrator that was born and raised in Ireland. And Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. And then it gets better. But wow. wait, there's more. Wow. Then they went for a British accent and they were saying, oh, his British is so fake and this fantastic, you know, like horrible. Like, really? Like, who said it? this could work? And he is born and raised in London, England. Oh it was a like a normal British accent. Oh, that's kind beautiful. Of thing. Yeah. I love I love that. Yeah. I love that. So those are those moments where I'm like, don't feel so bad. Sometimes the readers don't know shit. And that's okay. Totally. Yeah. And, and that's what totally. And <laughs> I, that's where I'm I, I've gotten to a, a really good place or <laughs> knock on wood as far as just my engagement with reviews. And yeah, they can go in so many different directions and they can be so passionate in any, you know, in many different directions. And as a narrator, you're like, what, you know, what am I supposed to am I supposed to take any of this as, as like substantive feedback or what? Like, it's really on you then to believe what you want to believe almost, but just like, just like, you know, famous celebrities, uh, you know, in, in, in movies, it's a very common thing where like, even the people who are like the, the top of the top in entertainment, they don't read reviews. Like they just, and if those people are protecting themselves from that feedback, it's like, oh, wow, like <laughs> this is powerful stuff. So, yeah, it's I think I'm there's there have been times where I'm like going into audible reviews and just I mean, I think it is healthy to do it every once in a while to see what different stuff is out there. But I don't know what I've been enjoying lately, getting closer to like, what is my own standard? And I'm getting that more from listening to my fellow narrators and just spending more time doing that and picking up on, yeah, just little little things that sound good to my ear. And they don't sound like me necessarily, but that's kind of the point. Like just training my ear and and figuring out like what are the things that I can improve on and I can do better and that I that I think sound good. And what can I like can I use my voice in a different way? Or it's been it's actually been really pretty fascinating couple of months for me where, you know, almost like there was a Almost like a Zach Morris timeout <laughs> by the bell, where, where <laughs> I, I know like, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, um, where, like I said, you know, I've been getting, I've just been, I've just been recording more than I've ever recorded the past two years. And on the one hand, there, 
yeah, so I'm I'm like having to kind of update my the way I do everything. And then also just realize like, oh yeah, you actually <laughs> this is actually real. Like you are actually just getting more books than you've ever gotten before. And you know, that that means things may maybe perspectives need to change, but it also means that my name is getting out, my voice and my name both getting out there and like to some degree at least more than they have been before. So yeah, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, time out. <laughs> like, <laughs> What is, what am I doing? Like, am I cool with, am I cool with my prep? Am I cool with like how, how I correspond with, with, you know, the people on the production team? Am I, do I feel good about my performances and my voice? And is there like something else I can do? And, and I really opened up the box on, on everything, which was uncomfortable, very uncomfortable at the outset because I had, previously for much of my career i operated under the assumption like well you know i'm getting cast in stuff pretty regularly and you know sort of assuming like okay well you know things must be working pretty well if that's the case and i've always you know given everything i can into the books that i narrate but yeah this was like uh, turning a new leaf for me you know when i i i got into a zone where i was able to be way more self critical and part of that was also engaging with some some negative reviews that I saw. Of course, the negative stuff always stands out more than the positive stuff. My favorite positive reviews, though, that I've been seeing lately are the ones where the person says that it seems like they felt like they were watching a movie. I'm like, oh, that is my I think that's my favorite thing. But yeah, that kind of also kicked me in the ass a bit, like some of the negative reviews where I was like, you know, because you can't control everything. Like some people just are not going to like the way that you sound or the sound of your voice or whatever it may be. And it is what it is. Like it's it's very subjective and you can't you really can't worry about that at all. But yeah, it was really interesting to start thinking about like, well, OK, that's that's all good. But what can I control? You know, are there things here that I can control? And I and I found some kind of substantive things that. I figured out I could I could improve on earth but again it's like going back to what my standard is and developing that and being like what sounds good to me so now it's in a lot of ways I feel like I'm starting not that I'm starting over but things feel very different like I'm approaching everything in a very different way and it's it's kind of thrilling I love that you're looking at it and asking yourself those questions I think sometimes with with freelancers and, and I'm myself and one of them we, we tend to think that we're doing the best that we can and may not stop to look at what's been changing in the industry and how we can modify a little bit mm -hmm. or how can we do things differently and just to be able to say, okay, we're going to do a, a self-check and say, okay, we have this, this, yeah. this, and this. It's, it's important. And, and I think that a lot of times people some, sometimes will get comfortable in the, in the, the love or the popularity or the the volume of work. And they're like, oh, mm -hmm. if I'm getting it. I'm good. And I'm like, yeah, but are you phoning it in? <laughs> you know? Right, right. Because I will tell you. I will be like, dude, I love you. But why are you phoning it in? I, I mean, I could tell uh -huh. and stuff like that. And, and that's another question, too. And I, I love that you actually look at your reviews because the conversation in the community is the, a lot of the authors are busting out with reviews are meant for the readers, not the authors. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm -mm, hold on, back it up. And the reality is that the, the authors should, I mean, with a grain of salt, because again, I mean, the re <laughs> reviews Wait, are like assholes. You, we you, all are you have saying, them. <laughs> are you saying, well, right, there you go. Are you saying, are you saying listeners? Yeah. So, so the, the authors are saying, 
like don't criticize my story just criticize the performances no what they're saying is that that the reviews in general like a review for a book is meant mm-hmm. for other readers and listeners not the authors themselves and oh, i'm okay. i'm one that says no hold on because it could be that there is a plot point that you're missing uh-huh. or that or or the you know there's a character development is lacking or there's an inconsistency in xyz lack of growth and a lot of people will focus on i mean there are those reviews that say there was just too much sex and that will cause other people to buy the book because there's too much sex others will be like it's too many curse words and then they'll run to that one and others will just focus on the performance and forget about story and plot and characters which i think it's a detriment to the story I personally review both. I first I review the story and how that worked out. And then I review your performance and how that is done. And you can learn a little things here and there about it. And it's so the fact that you actually check it out and, you know, again, taking it with a grain of salt and also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you've got to be, I think you got to be, I mean, just like an author, like you've got to be really careful. And I, but I also think it's just a process of approaching it. I don't know if there's a wrong way to approach it, but certainly for each person, there's a wrong way to approach it. You know, like everybody has a healthy version of whatever and an unhealthy version of it. So, and you can only really figure out what that is by <laughs> kind of doing the unhealthy thing, <laughs> Yeah. you know, at least to some degree. But yeah, there can be, I don't know, you know, there was like um, an early review that always stuck out to me of, I don't know what book it was. And I think it was something I did a long time ago. <laughs> they were like, they were like, um, they were sort of like Lee, Lee Samuels is they're like, he's, <laughs> they're basically saying like, he's not good, <laughs> but, but they were like, but sometimes he really is good. And because the, the reviewer had said that negative thing or had been, they'd led with, you know, I really wasn't into this, but, Sometimes he's really good. That second part was I could really trust that second part. And it actually, I don't know. It was one of those negative reviews. I mean, it was sort of, I guess, on both sides. It was positive and negative. But that was like really great feedback. I mean, it's it, it's like, oh, if somebody who who wasn't really into it is still is still even saying anything positive, uh, much less something like that, you know, that you hit on something for that person. Yeah, this was a long time ago, but it just gave me, it gave me more confidence than I think a positive review in a way. So I don't know, but it's like reviews with everything, you know, if you're on Home Depot, you know, or, or whatever, like it doesn't matter what it is. Reviews are, it's like we love them and they, they're so meaningful, but you don't know any. <laughs> you don't know who's writing this stuff so whether you're the narrator the author or a listener or a reader like you don't i don't know we're all kind of we're all kind of trying to figure out what to believe yeah there's a lot of that conversation going on as far as like paid reviews sponsorships all that fun stuff Mm -hmm. too that that are Mm -hmm. people are wondering but i mean i I think again it's the fact that you're just at least checking it out you know Mm -hmm. as a a reviewer i i do like that you guys check that stuff out kind of get some insight and some information on there and then just oh I, I always also preface it that those of us that are doing reviews y'all can don't have to be nasty y'all don't have to be mean and assholes really you know you can be kind and still say he, he sucks uh <laughs> in a nice I, way I, or yeah, what about yeah. it you know it's just i uh, mean I, yeah. I think it just i mean i i have mixed feelings on that because i used to write 
reviews semi-professionally or professionally, or I would see myself more as a critic. And I totally understand the mentality of like, you've got your bug up, bug up, a bug up your ass about one thing or another, or one, an author or a narrator or a band, or I did a lot of like music stuff, music reviews, and I would be really nasty. (laughs) <laughs> it would be really totally nasty. And I would like, I mean, this isn't a knock on anyone, but in my case, I was, I had, sh- I had shit to work out like in my personal <laughs> life. And I was definitely taking it out on, you oh, know, yeah. some, some band or something who's just like <laughs> making their music. And I'm appointing myself as like, well, I'm going to, I'm the one who's, I'm the one who's determining what's good and what's bad. So I have to be mean about it or you know but anyway i it's easy for me to see the fun in it too like if so, like have like having a strong negative opinion is fun like that can be a lot of fun to put that out there so so i get it and but you know getting older i think whether you're whether you're like intimately involved in this scenario on one side or the other or you're not like i think part of getting well for me i'll just speak for myself like part of getting older is also understanding like oh yeah there are there are people behind all of this stuff. Like no matter what it is, there are actual people behind it. So, and there is a chance that, you know, they will, <laughs> they will read it and you might hurt their feelings, but maybe you want to hurt their feelings. I don't know. Well, I mean, also it, I think it's the intent behind it. You may have been yeah, one of those, like yeah. that said something like, Oh, they're horrible. They, you know, really, they should need to get a new musician. Uh, there's been some nasty bad reviews. Like they should die and never write again. <laughs> I'm like, Wow yeah it wasn't that bad but okay well but 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 to me that's (laughs) that's that's someone kind of getting their uh getting their rocks off in a certain way oh yeah they're they're looking for that attention yeah yeah and or you know i don't know so i i kind of get it and that's why there's like a degree to which i i i want fans to fans or anti-fans or you know whatever (laughs) like to I think part of the fun is having your own experience and it's, you know, it's probably not as much fun to think about the human behind it. Right. Because sort of the fun of fandom is, is not really going there. You're like a fan, you know? So whatever, like I, hopefully I, I get it all. And I think everybody is sort of allowed to do it in their own way and just have fun with it. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a thing. It's a subject. Absolutely. (laughs) One of the things that we as listeners love is, like accent work when you guys are creating these characters and there is an Uh accent and um, so what's your favorite accent to perform (laughs) well i did entire book in a russian accent that was actually a lot of fun once i got warmed up with it so do i have i'm trying to think like is that my favorite though i mean an australian an australian accent is a lot of fun if you feel like you're in the pocket with it and you're you're actually like doing it well i guess that goes for all accents i do enjoy the australian accent i well i guess i'll have to go with the russian because the british accent is not i don't think there's anything fun about it you know that that's sort of the and i'm thinking now i'm thinking more like okay british right southern there's like the the southern the more like georgia rolling southern accent and then there's the flat, more flat Western sort of, I think of like a Texas accent, which I actually, I actually really enjoy. I, you know, I would, okay. So for me, I would go between the Western drawl, Southern slash Southern accent and Russian. Perfect. 
But you know, the funny thing about accents in my experience is like, if you're like that book where I did the entire book is um, Alexei, Alexei Markov, is that you get to a certain point where you don't, you're not even hearing it anymore, which hopefully doesn't mean you're not doing one. <laughs> hopefully, <you're, laughs> hopefully the accent is still happening. But I think in my experience, generally the accent is still happening. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of a funny thing. Like once you get, I mean, if you're doing hours and hours, and certainly in the case of that book, I didn't really have to go. I mean, I did have to switch back and forth, but there was a lot of narration that I was doing in that accent. So yeah, it just became like, it became totally normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we never think that we have an accent. So we always think that those that we're no. hearing have the accent. So it makes sense. Yeah, and I've I've become more aware of that myself, just protecting my accent slash non-accent mm-hmm. <laughs> in my <laughs> my normal voice. But yeah, it's accents are funny, right? I yeah. mean, it is just like we're we have only we only have so much control. What about the hardest accent for you to perform? The hardest accent, um, German. I, I had a, I remember I was like a German um, ticket agent and it wasn't there. You know, uh, the tough thing with accents is a lot of the times is, is it's not, it's not half the book or it's not a quarter of the book because if, if it's a big chunk of it, you're gonna, you're gonna lock in, you know, pretty quickly. But if it's just a, cu- a couple lines of dialogue in the middle of something where the other characters you know, are not speaking with that accent and it's something extreme like German. I don't know. I just remember this, this one (laughs) instance where it was very challenging to come up with something or, or just, yeah, to, to put something down that sounded passable. And then those cases and a lot of cases with accents, I just go back to, I think Paul Rubens maybe, or Paul Rubin, maybe, um, talked about this just that you know you you well okay what i think about is like if i'm doing a a southern accent from of someone in louisiana you don't want to worry about actually doing like the perfect louisiana southern accent because you can do that but then someone might be listening who lives there mm-hmm. and actually you know like lives <laughs> and breathes that accent and the chances that you are going to do something that really matches what they know of, of an actual accent from that region are very low. So it's more about like not distracting the listener and not doing something so strong that the people who do know will be so distracted by that, that they won't be able to enjoy the story. So I try to give myself like I'm never trying to like do the perfect accent, I would say, you know, I'm trying to like give enough where, you know, you, you know what's going on and you know which character is talking and you know where they're from, but it doesn't have to be like pristine. Yeah. Well, everybody's always like a sucker for like a Highlander Scottish accent. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that's a, yeah. not if you were visiting and she heard it. It's not that sexy. <laughs> First, you got to really pay attention to trying to make sure that you understand it because it's so thick. And yeah. so it's the whole concept of just enough uh, to get yep. me uh, to get yep. us there. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever done a Scottish accent now that you hmm. mention it. Put it on the Surprising, list. Surprising, right? <laughs> yeah. I think those are a lot more historical, though. Sometimes they're starting to do more contemporary stuff like that for Scottish accents. But usually fall under historical. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm doing some new dialect training soon. So cool. maybe um, 
Add it to the list. Uh, maybe yeah, I'll add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's an, ex- an extra notch on the skills. It's always a good That's thing. That's right. Yep. What about your favorite type of character to voice? Because, you know, you get a lot of these different. They're the I mean, overall, usually the strong headed alpha male of sorts. Because, <laughs> you know, romance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I nice. haven't I have not. I have not had a straight up alpha male in a minute. It seems like because when I was starting, they were all alphas almost all alphas so i got very used to super growly you know like whatever you know really just like (laughs) living down there and yeah i don't know i'm not i wouldn't say the alphas are my favorite character but although you know i enjoy it's all good like i enjoy all of them i'm lately i've been (laughs) getting sort of grumpy some grumpy widowers who uh you know have a good sarcastic sense of humor and like that's been fun I guess what I like about characters, and this is usually the case in the books, are when they do have some serious shit to work out. And I get to, I you know, you, you get to play like the, um, the sort of charming front of the character, but then at some point shit goes down and, and these guys, they just like completely lose it and break apart. And you know, that goes in different directions in books, but I don't know if that necessarily answers your question as far as like the character, but that's the, that's like the, the character element that, um, that I enjoy, that I enjoy. And then I guess aside from that, like anything that has a good amount of comedy in it is a lot of fun for me because that's, as you know, um, (laughs) You know, that all comes down to the timing and that's not, you know, comedy is uh, a lot. I feel like a lot has to go right for that to come off in the best possible way. And and sometimes it's one read out of 10 where you're able to get that you're able to get the right thing off. That's going to translate to the listener's ear. It's just a challenge. It's a challenge. But then if you nail it, it's like there's nothing more fun. I just did, uh, or fairly recently, Vacation Wars uh, by Megan Quinn. And there were a couple of scenes in that book where I was losing it in the studio. Now, just because I'm laughing doesn't necessarily mean that the listener's laughing, right? But it's just a lot of fun to um, to play that stuff, to play that stuff along with. I mean, when I start, I feel like my... I've done so many alpha, like growly kind of alpha characters that it's like riding a bike. But lately it hasn't been so much of that. Maybe there's maybe there's more to come in the near future. But anyway. Mm-hmm. What about genres? There's a with romance being an umbrella term with all these subgenres yes. underneath it. I mean, one day you yes. could be an alien, the next day you can be a firefighter. <laughs> um, shifter vampire, you know, mobster. I've whatever. never done that. Yeah, no? I've never done that. No, I feel <laughs> yeah. like I feel like Lee Samuels has become very kind of straightforward in a lot of ways. Although the, the Kristen Proby series Shadows, that was a lot of fun. Where I was a I was a ghost. I was playing two characters in that, but one was a was a ghost from New Orleans. So I was you know trying to I, that was where I used my most extreme Louisiana drawl. But that was a lot of fun in terms of genre. I mean, again, like I, I think it kind of goes back to the comedy. I just find that that's just a fun challenge for me right now as a narrator. I feel like 
that's that's the genre where when that comedy comes in that's where i can grow and i can like get better and just get more experience with with that so i guess i guess like the rom commy stuff is fun oh what is this let me make sure i get the name right i did a recent book that was a suspense gunner uh by rebecca sharp so reynolds protective book three that was i had a lot of fun with that and that was yeah it was like romantic suspense and just a lot of you know great bad guy and a lot of really good action and um blood and guts um so that was that was that was a lot of fun as well but yeah i don't know it's it's the romance is amazing how much how many subgenres there are and also like some dark stuff i did recently that i enjoyed i really enjoyed a lot fractured rhyme series there's golden wings and pretty things and butterflies and vicious lies are both the first two in this in that series so like i haven't done a lot of dark romance but i actually really found myself enjoying the moodiness of it all <laughs> yeah it's definitely a mood when it comes <laughs> to, to dark romance <laughs> yeah yeah is there a genre that you have yet to narrate in that you'd like to hmm interesting <laughs> hmm I don't know. I mean, I I guess because the the dark stuff that was my first. Ex- well, I have narrated in it. I don't know how dark that was on the dark spectrum. Let me think here. I mean, I I, I guess more something more paranormal stuff would be fun. Um, I haven't really done a vampire book, so let's go with that. Okay, well, putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, vampires. Perfect. Yeah, I and then I can use the Russian accent. I was told with the Russian <laughs> accent that it's just like it's Dracula but more guttural okay (laughs) that was what another tip another narrator gave me okay that's an interesting take on that though Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. nowadays with with the genres there's paranormal and sometimes vampires fall into more of that fantasy thing there's just so many different things there's even like the type of shifters that are out there polar bears Mm -hmm. squirrels oh my (laughs) god wow yeah i have not done i have i have not done any of that yeah so it's all right well authors you're you're hearing it he's (laughs) open to doing paranormal i that's one of my favorite genres so i'd be like yeah that's my jam nothing like uh escaping into the so you like the shapeshifter stuff in particular um yeah or I think just paranormal in general paranormal in general I, like there's been the like charlie davison series which is the green reaper concept so ghosts and paranormal stuff but also mm-hmm. technically you know thriller mystery kind of thing because she's a pi and then oh, you know cool. shifters and all sorts of things if it's, it's just possibilities <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I'm like, hmm, today I'm talking to you. Tomorrow you turns, I find out that you're like a polar bear shifter or, you know, fill in the blank or, or you're a fae, you know, and you're, you're off to take me to somewhere else. It's just one of those uh, things where it's uh, definitely an escapism, you know, versus potentially yeah. getting kidnapped by a mobster who's an asshole. Right, and then I'm like, oh, right. you're so hot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot more likely to happen in real life. Yep. Well, and oh, so, yeah. yeah, I prefer a little bit more of that uh, paranormal. But that's like, but when, have, but when have you seen a yeah? When have you seen a polar bear in real life, other than at the zoo? I just at the zoo. I don't think I really would want to personally see a polar bear in real life. That it's not behind a barrier of some sorts, because mm, they run really fast, and I don't. <laughs> I'm just very. I'm very curious about this plot now. I'm oh god, yeah, line. no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think also too, we've, we've grown as, as the industry has as well. It used to be that it was only vampires and then wolf shifters, right? That was uh-huh. like werewolves. And yep. as, as time went on, they were trying to figure that there was other things and vampire lore changed too, as far as how they came about the different types. Uh, Laura Adrian has a fantastic series that they're, they're described and said to be vampires, but it turns out they're like an alien old race that came in, oh. but they still drink blood. And so that, that lore of the vampire is different. And wow. uh, yeah, it's really good. Series. So is there much, like- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, um, you know, I know, I know some listeners will be like, why don't you know this already? Lee Samuels, but <laughs> is there, uh, is there like alien stuff? Is there, is there oh my God, yes. a lot of alien stuff? Oh my God. Yes. Like you, so funny enough, they make it seem like right now, like it's a new thing. And I'm like, no, y'all have no, it's been around for a long time, but it was, it would fall under sci-fi slash paranormal. Uh-huh. And now it's been more of a separate, almost like a little sub, sub, sub genre. Cause even now, like their tropes are sense to be more of importance than, than the genre. And so, but yeah, aliens are very popular and there's aliens with multiple appendages. There's aliens wow. that provide that, that gift, the, uh, new mates of sorts of the person that they're they're going to be with a kitten Mm -hmm. so it's just a a bunch of different variables they've gotten very creative and very out there sometimes but um did you see the there was like a tiktok video by um some uh i think she's in her 20s like young young lady in um iowa and this was i think this was when you know like when that pentagon report was coming out and everybody was very excited about what it was going to say things in the sky um, yeah 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 like i was one of them i was like showing my kids like all the ufo videos that have come out and anyway this tiktok video came out and she she was like okay so weird i went out and i met i met this guy i met this guy in dubuque or you know whatever the city was i'm not sure what city it was but let's say it's dubuque like i went i went out on tint i was on um you know on whatever on the dating app you can tell i've been married for a while um and <laughs> i go meet him we have sex he he uh it's over he asked me to drop him off in the middle of this field in the middle of the farm field i'm like oh that's super weird but whatever drop him off there and then next day i see this next day i see ufo sightings in the same <laughs> town right where i was leaving him off so she was making the case that she'd had sex with an alien oh boy if it makes her feel better <laughs> yeah or makes it prob- more adventurous right i'm like ooh, potential opportunities she was really options. selling it yeah well it, it's it's one of those things that um again that's part of the escapism the the possibilities yeah. and then also trying to and a lot of these stories especially with paranormal it's always the how the how did you not know right mm-hmm. or how, how have you been hiding it for this time so you will mm-hmm. look at your spouse maybe and go are you a shifter and just haven't told me (laughs) (laughs) you know what did i I like hmm what haven't you shared with me (laughs) says says no and you say but but can i believe you yeah i know yeah i always tell my husband i'm like are you like secretly like a millionaire and a billionaire kind of a thing and i just waited to yeah to make sure that i'm that i that i truly love you for you and he's like no honey you married a teacher i'm like Right. But are you sure? <laughs> but you might be the heir to a billionaire oil fortune, right? right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but again, authors, you heard it here. Lee is open to doing paranormal. So I'm sure there's uh you'll be getting stuff now. 
We'll see. We'll see. All right. It's out there. Absolutely. So one of the things I love to do with my guests is play the game of two truths and a lie, where you'll tell us three things about yourself and we have to figure out which one's the lie. Also figure out how good of a liar you are or detail oriented. We'll see Uh, (laughs) So if you have your three things to tell us. I do. I'm prepared. I did my homework. Yay. (laughs) Student. Yep. Um, Okay. So you're ready? Yep. I'm ready. All right. Uh, Number one, I live in New York City. Number two, I've been published by the New York Times. Number three, I've been an international keynote speaker. My goodness. Okay, you did good. Awesome. <laughs> good. You did good. Yeah. Here's the thing. There's uh, something I've learned about this game. It's a lot of the, the stuff is in the details and mm-hmm. and what you may have or may not have shared. For an example, the whole being published by New York Times, you know. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. We have happened. Well, there I may have held back. Name, I may know? have held. I may have held back on um, some details. Yep. Uh, previous in our conversation because mm-hmm. you know I yeah. did my homework exactly. Tip my so, hand. Yeah, and so yeah, international keynote speaker published by New York Times or live in New York. Hmm. Is the lie the international keynote speaker? That is true. <laughs> okay. Oh, hmm. See? Published by New York Times is a lie then? Nope. That's true? That's true. Okay. So the live in New I York. No longer right li- now is I no longer, longer live in New live. York. Yep. Yeah, we moved, at, we moved about two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I win. Yes, you do. <laughs> and also with the Took you knowledge- three guesses that's amazing yeah, I- yeah. well here's the <laughs> thing sorry, i shouldn't gloat i shouldn't gloat eh, it's okay i like it you're fine uh <laughs> and that, but here's the thing not only the it, not only do you win but it doesn't happen often so congrats <laughs> oh wow cool yeah. all right i'll take yeah. it for sure no it's definitely something that i on the details and stuff like that and published by new york times i'm assuming yep. that's obviously not in yes. your not a, not under lee samuels mm-hmm. yeah and same yeah. with the keynote speaker you know lecturing work so i mean the the pseudonym having a pseudonym is it's kind of it's weird you know and you know especially as i'm you know this is my first podcast and as as we as we talked about now big big news you know i'm finally on instagram yeah <laughs> you know wow so proud of you um, i got it together um so you know that tells you something i guess about you know um what my how how public i am about stuff or or just like um how much i've engaged let's say with the realities of the pseudonym and and like interacting with people as Lee Samuels and it's it's odd you know it's just kind of odd and there's a part of me that's like oh screw it like I'll put my you know who cares like I'll put my photo out there and just tell people what my legal name is and you know the name I've written under or spoken under doing these other things I published a book um, that's what a lot of like international speaking was from. And it was a nonfiction book, you know, about uh, it was actually published around the same time I started narrating. So that was part of the reason why I, you know, did think to have a pseudonym because my name was out there 
um, doing very like doing other stuff. And I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know what was happening, like where writing would go or where other things would go. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, I I've gleaned also from listening to interviews with other narrators that everybody is, <laughs> everybody sort of feels the same way. It seems that it's like, yeah, I don't like kind of ambivalent about the whole thing. And, and I can see other narrators coming out with new pseudonyms and, and like people having multiple pseudonyms. And I've thought about that a little bit. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to make this, am I going to make this more complicated? <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of a, I guess there's no answer for any of it. It's just narrator by narrator, you know, what kind of how you want to brand yourself and like how you want to, how you want to roll with it. Um, but it's, it's odd. Yeah. So well, yeah, all this stuff was under my other name. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I should. I was thinking that no longer lives in New York, but it's one of those where mm -hmm. I'm going. Okay, we'll see. Also, it's a good way to get to know you better. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I miss New York a lot, and that was if I hadn't lived in New York, there's no way I would be a narrator, you know. And uh, yeah, so I'm actually when I was talking about, I held back on the accent thing because I grew up in. The upper midwest i live in i live in wisconsin like north of milwaukee and i grew up in the area and coming from new york um back here i am more aware of the midwestern the midwestern twang and i never really had an accent growing up but now that i'm around it and given my line of work you pick it up faster I'm a, I hope not. I'm afraid of picking it. <laughs> I'm afraid of picking anything up because I feel like I have to. I'm pretty, I think I'm, you know, everybody has their stuff, you know, in the way they talk, but I feel like I'm pretty neutral. Um, and, and I want to keep it that way. So I've thought about like not, I'm more conscientious of talking, sort of keeping my, my voice, um, in the front of my mouth and not in the back. And just stuff like that, where I've identified like I'm kind of in a danger zone here where I'm interacting <laughs> with some very strong accents at times yeah. and I got to watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tend to pick up accents pretty quickly when I'm hanging out outside. Uh, when I go mm -hmm. to Savannah, Georgia, after a couple of days, I'm having a bit of a southern accent there, Savannah. And uh, yeah, it's great. I love it there. Um, love the ghost. See, paranormal. Anyways. And, <laughs> but then when I go visit, you know texas because i have uh in-laws there it's a they're they're a little bit of that more southern twang and mm -hmm. i'm like geez louise and i i'm not making fun i'm not it's just it just sticks and <laughs> going to Bo I, tw more than 20 years ago at this point at this point uh, went to boston and i still have to purposely go i'm going to go to the car because otherwise it goes i'm gonna go to the car <laughs> that's the only of all the words Ka is yep. the only one yep. that's kind of stuck uh, with a Boston accent. And so I'm like, uh -huh. constantly going like, I'm going to go to the car. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when you're there, you start saying that? Um, no, just here. It's just that word just stuck with me for some From reason. Your oh, because you used to live there. No, I visited. You just visited? I visited. Yeah. And you started saying that? Yeah, I was there for like a week and, you know, in the middle of the wow. city. And yeah, and so it's just one of those you hear it and I, I have a keen ear. I think that that's part of it. Wow. And so even like I say, even when I visit Savannah, Georgia, <sighs> if I'm there, I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, it's not that I'm not mimicking. It's just one of those. It just kind of hits. And then when I come back, there's a little bit of that Southern, you know, a little yeah. bit of that twang yeah. or when I'm visiting. Interesting. Or, yeah. Dangerous. 
Yes, because I don't ever want to make it seem like I'm mimicking, but at the same time, it's kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to hear it and be like, oh, all right, some, some Savannah, Georgia. All right, you know, kind of go from there. So you're you're exactly the person I was talking about before, where like you spend time in Savannah, Georgia, and you spend time in Texas. So mm-hmm. like a Southern accent is mm-hmm. very dangerous for your ears. I it can be, but at the same time, I it's one of those where. It is what like it what is. Are your ex- what are your expectations as a listener for? You're like going to give accent. me just enough that I can tell that it's a Southern accent. There you go. Yeah, which is what I was saying before mm-hmm. as far as that approach. And yeah. then but then again, like if you're doing a whole book, your ear, even though you're listening to yourself the whole time, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you get accustomed to <clears throat> you get accustomed to the accent. And at a certain point, you're like, am I saying it? Am I doing it? Am I not doing it? Am I doing it too much? How like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm doing it too much or not at all not, simultaneously. Yeah. Like that's, that's how kind of crazy it can get. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's one of the things when people talk about how in one book, this character had a particular tone and, and cadence and voice sounding. And then the next one they don't because it's now swapping of POVs. And I always tell them, I go, how, you sound to me when you're talking is different than how you sound to yourself when you're talking. So I'm going to hear you differently than you hear yourself. Absolutely. And so, and so same thing with that. And so that kind of has helped a couple of the listeners go, Oh, I'm like, yeah, it's just think of it that way. We all sound different. I don't, you know, so I don't think I have an accent. I've been told that, yeah, there's something in your, in your voice that there is an accent that you just can't pinpoint. I'm like, it's because I'm from mm-hmm. Florida <laughs> <laughs> from Miami, Florida. So I'm bilingual at the same time. And so there's mm-hmm. one of those things where there is certain words you're going to pick. Oh, there's something there, but I like keeping things mysterious. So I keep you guessing and, uh, and kind of go from there. So it's all, you know, relative. I just want enough that I can tell that it's a Southern yeah. accent or a British <clears throat> right, accent right. or so right. on and so forth. So. Yeah, I'm all good for, I have standards and it can be pretty mm-hmm. high, but I'm also realistic. And, uh, right, you know, right. so that goes from that perspective. But yeah, with so with, were you working with words all, all the time, both writing it now that we know that mm-hmm. and and yeah. recording, what's your favorite word? This is separate from your favorite curse word because that's part two of this question. Oh my God, my favorite <laughs> word. Yeah. That's really hard. I try. <laughs> <clears throat> My favorite word. Oh, oh man, resplendent. I like that word. It's not really a, not really an audiobook word or a narration word, but it's kind of. Um, I feel like it's always funny. Oh, it's almost always funny to use the word resplendent. Hmm. How would you use that? I'm not familiar with that word. <laughs> Maybe it's just more also tied to my sense of humor and some sense of humor with friends but there's a <laughs> there's a film um called gator which is uh starring burt reynolds and it's a it's a florida movie so you should you might want to you you may want to check it out or not but it was like a 70s movie i guess when he was um a superstar and mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a very silly movie and he wears a lot of denim in it so I used it as he was resplendent in denim. So he's like, he's like kind of fabulous and elevated and beautiful. And like, it's almost like gaudy. I don't know. It's like all of those things, but I just think you think it's of- not a word that's very common. Yeah. No, people don't say resplendent very much, no, They don't. but to, to use it and to use it with like a little sarcastic edge. <laughs> I enjoy. 
it's like I can tell that usually I, I like you I also like using it with um you know to call something resplendent that is not actually resplendent <laughs> is <laughs> that's where the humor in it is mm -hmm. um but resplendent in denim okay again everybody gator starring burt reynolds reynolds perfect check well, it out you'll see what i mean okay it's true will do now he's giving us about, homework <laughs> it's all about the swamps <laughs> the florida swamps uh, yeah no thank you <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's not a good movie a uh, <laughs> couple of things there you said gators and the title and the timeline and denim so yeah uh <laughs> but <laughs> yeah to each their own yes no, no we may have no. been watching the entire movie sarcastically so mm -hmm. yeah that could be fun is. too with the right group of friends so i totally understand. oh absolutely yeah. absolutely then yeah, that... i wish i could still do that i that's mm -hmm. like not possible for me anymore mm -hmm. but what? I'm a family what about man. your yeah what about your favorite curse word i mean fuck is like how can there be a better curse word than that um it's like let me check are there any <laughs> i mean asshole is not anywhere i mean it's just not mm -hmm. it's i just i don't know how can you beat it hmm. you, do you have a you you don't agree uh no i think it's it's uh i can use that word as a noun a noun adjective pronoun you know all those mm -hmm. fun stuff and it's it's yeah you know, very loving in a very condescending way i mean i do <laughs> like yeah i do like shit too i was sort of like that was my mom's favorite that like that was the one curse word that she would she would say use and that would slip out so i have an affinity for shit but then as far as like 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 compound mm -hmm. <laughs> like fuckwad or <laughs> shithead motherfucker <laughs> yeah motherfucker's great but i still feel like fuck is like you said i mean you can use it in, for so many things and in so many ways and it's so it's such a pleasure to say like always so yeah. i think i got it it's it's boring but no. you know it's boring for a reason i mean i just i, I it is it's sitting on the throne of <laughs> curse words and it's there for a reason i'm not challenging <laughs> the crown no that's a smart move <laughs> have any narrators said anything like surprising any, um uh... there's been some that have like if they're bilingual or multilingual they may use some of their favorite curse words in, the, uh, in, in a different language which i think sometimes can be significantly more colorful and uh, and descriptive others tend to go with fuck as their go-to and then maybe some different type of sw uh, slang like wanker is you know bloody hell are my two other like, ones you know yeah, i don't thing. like i don't like either of those yeah mm. good to know i'll make a list <laughs> but they, were they were they were they from the uk yeah no yeah. they were they were from the uk i sometimes because i've listened to to oh, okay albums, i will go there but like you know i'm really pissed about to towards especially towards someone when i'm like i'm like call him a fucking cunt that's like ooh, we need sure. to move her away from this person kind of thing like, i ooh, have ooh. never i've never yeah. used that word no, I've, it's, it, i, I yeah. haven't there's there's you'd have to be pretty mad yeah yeah i i'll say and there's, there's there's at least a few people that deserve it but it's one of those where i'm like oh there's such a fucking cunt and they're like oh yeah yeah 
Um, but that's it's reserved for that type of level kind of a thing. Otherwise, everybody's like, you fucking asshole. Well, so for you, for you, then maybe that's the number one because it's like reserved for a very special case. Yeah, but I, because of that, though, I, I, I won't use it as a favorite curse word. For me, uh, mm-hmm. the concept of a favorite curse word is when I it's use not it that. A, yeah, yeah. Right. You mm-hmm. can use it a lot. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. So, okay. So fuck well, I think mine. we've broken this down. I think we've yeah. covered this from every single <laughs> angle. Yeah. So before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next that you can share? Yeah. Right now I'm working on the new book by Jane Diamond, Wicked Angel. So that's that's uh, what I'm working on right now. And then what is the... Well, the big thing is Not So Lucky by Trilina Pucci, which is I'm recording next month. And that's getting quite a bit of chatter that I'm aware of on, on Instagram. And then I'm doing also doing very soon a book by S.L. Scott, Forgot to Say Goodbye. And I'll just tell you the other one before my vacation, The Wrong Mr. Right by Stephanie Archer. That's coming up. And then I guess I, I just got cast in a short, I guess, novella by Kristen Proby. And I'm doing another book for her, uh, I think in November, but that's been good. I did a uh, Chapel um, Chapel Bend that just came out by Kristen Proby. And that was a lot of fun. And it was nice because I did quite a few books for her in the past. Like maybe, you know, I am so bad with time at this point, but like maybe three years ago and then... Pr- previous to that i did i did a run with her and there was just a big gap where i i haven't done anything for Kristen. so it's really fun to you know it's kind of yeah more fun when there is a gap like that and then because there's a there's like this historic historical kind of familiarity with the with the author and so it's it's nice to be doing stuff with her again but um yeah not so lucky that's with Samantha Brentmore and Jacob Morgan and Teddy Hamilton are also on that. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And that that's a duet, I believe. Um, yeah. And then I have another, a bunch of other books that will be coming out. I just did a book called Unexpected by Lindsay Cord that may be an author that, have you ever heard of her? No, Lexi Cord. Let me see. Lindsay Cord. Lindsay. Lindsay. Lindsay, Yeah. I think she may be a fairly new author, but um, that was definitely, you know, more of a rom-com. And it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And I don't know. Yeah. Black Ties and White Lies. That's coming out in in June. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff to look look forward to for you. I have a lot of, yeah, there's a lot (laughs) of stuff coming out. There's a lot of stuff that came out and I'm just like, my vacation is coming in late June. I'll get a little break and then start all over again next year. Nice. Oh, Uh, also I'll mention at some point in the future, um, there's going to be another L Kennedy book in the series. The previous books in the series were rogue and misfit, which was a big multicast. But I'm excited because I'm, my character is going to be the most prominent male POV in the next one. And he's sort of a, um, kind of a dark you know dark and sarcastic you know character amongst these friends and mm-hmm. i'm excited to play him again nice. so that's but i don't even have a recording date so i don't know when that's going to happen but that will be that will be coming in the future well you can keep us posted via your social media 
Oh yeah, I'm going to be all cu- well. Hey, <laughs> You'll be all caught up. I'm ca- now, now that I'm caught up, <laughs> now that I'm caught up posting all of my old titles. Um, yep. You know, be easier. <laughs> all sorts of things are possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Lee, for being part of this year's Audiobook Eleven series. It's been so much fun getting to know you. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a blast. Awesome. Everyone, thanks for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this chat as well as the series. I will be including his social media information in the Audible 11 page over at Viviana Enchantress the book. So we'll make sure you're following him. And until the next time, happy listenings. A special thank you to authors DJ Krimmer, Tana Stone, Landon Beach, PJ Fiala, and all of our sponsors of the Audiobook Lovin' 2023 series. Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway. If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program.